Everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And how's everybody doing out there? Big Dave and Joe here from South Florida bringing you another show. And we'll take a look uh, tonight at the Legends of Poker being going on out in California, Southern California, at the Bicycle Casino in Los Angeles. And uh, a couple other things to talk about tonight, including uh, an article that Nick Sordle wrote. We'll take a look at that. Joe, <laughs> Joe excited to talk about it. Yes, I am. Uh, to shoot it down, did you bring your rifle? I'm telling you, it's uh, you know you know how much I love Nick and everything, but uh, this this definitely got a little bit under my skin here. Uh, it's an article that we wrote in the Herald about uh, poker t- tables without dealers. Uh, nothing new, really, uh, because it was here several years ago. It uh, wore out its welcome pretty quickly, and uh, another company trying to bring one in now. And Nick talks about it, and uh, the, one of the good things in his eyes is that uh, you players don't have to tip, and uh, yeah, you know, that's uh, how, they, how they expect you guys to make a good living. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I mean. First of all, it's like he's saying, I know that the the positives for the players are, one is not having to tip. Uh, For the good players, you know, it's great uh, because you get more hands in. So, obviously, if you've you've got an edge as the much better player, the more hands you play, the more money you should make. But also, by getting a lot more hands in, because you don't have the delay of the shuffle, as he writes in his article, and, you know, and all the other... You know, naturally means you're going to get a lot more hands in, but you know, are they going to lower the rake down here because of that? No, of course you know, not. Of course are they? Not. Because if they don't lower the rake, you know, it becomes even more expensive with the amount of hands that you're getting out. Again, to the good players, it doesn't matter because they're gonna they have that edge over over the bad players. But you know, more money coming out, you don't tip it out in tips, but you are going to give it back to the house in rake money. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's get to that in a little bit. I uh, do want to talk about a couple other things, including uh, my appearance last night at uh, Mardi Gras. I played in a little tournament. and uh, How did you do? Not so well. Oh, I mean, it's, man. It's, it, things are getting worse. I uh, uh, bought in for a little extra after uh, started out with the initial, uh, I think the initial 5,000 in chips was down to about uh, 2,000, bought in for 8,000 more, and that was gone very quickly. Uh, now, was I this a pop- free-roll tournament? It's a free-roll tournament, yeah, but, of course, you end up paying, uh, end up only losing $60, which would have been like any other small tournament elsewhere. But uh, I had I had pocket aces cracked, uh, maybe played them a little too slowly. Uh, one of the fellas had a pocket nines and uh, got a nine on the, on the flop. So that was pretty costly. Uh, luckily, I had a lot more chips than him, so I didn't lose everything, but uh, I was down pretty low. And then... Um, you know, I was trying to make something happen, getting a little bit short stacked, and and uh, let's see, I'm trying to think of the hand now. I had Ace Eight, and and I didn't go all in before the flop. I kind of waited. There was an eight on the flop. Uh, there was was a, it eight high, or was there a higher card than eight? Uh, there was a ten. Okay. Ten it was ten eight four, I think. And I had a pocket eight, and uh, yeah, I had Ace Eight is what yeah. I had. I had Ace Eight. And um, one of the other fellows that was very small, short stacked went all in, and I went over the top of him and shoved, 
And the other player was left, where he was curiously looking at me, uh, you know, like I was some kind of an idiot or something. Turns out he had Jack Nine. So he's drawing open-ended. to an open-ended straight draw. Uh, and he looked at me like, you know, what are you, what are you doing, this and that. Well, because he was hoping to call for on the cheap, open-ended. He would have definitely made the call, hoping that you'd check it down all the way to the river. And if he doesn't hit, it only cost him whatever this guy was. The first guy was very short-stacked, you right. said, correct? So I figure, you know, I, I do have the eight and uh, have an ace, and, and uh, I went all in. Uh, I think the guy who went all in first had ten nine. Okay, so that guy had So he be... had me, but I would have won the side pot, which would have been a nice score. Basically, uh, you know, the Oh, extra, there was a extra side pot. There well, was mine, a side was, pot. mine would have been the side pot. I shoved for like 23 Yeah, but you didn't have a side pot until you shoved. Right, exactly. There's the difference. Right. See, if there was but a side pot bef- before the flop, and then after the flop you get the short side going in, you're figuring, I'm going to go over the top unless this guy has a 10, he can't call me. And you're looking to maybe, the, the first guy had ace-king, and you're good with, uh, you know, you're good with uh, your eight, your yeah, pair of eights right, already. Right. And if someone had an ace-king, he'd be drawn dead to a king. Because well, is that a ridiculous call on my part, or what? Uh, you or mean a, an, a, ridic- a ridiculous, ridiculous shove? move, shove? Dave, in that opinion there is, it might be in the sense that, you're only going to get called by someone who, who's either open-ended like this guy did or someone who's already got you beat. And, again, you had the advantage on this guy. Right. But, believe it or not, you know, with a jack-9, with a 10-8 out there, and you have a pair of 8s, he's... I, I guess he has I don't know how... Outs. I'm not sure on the math, All but he needs is a jack, a 9... Or a queen, queen or a seven. Queen or a seven. So and he got the seven on the on the river, so which sent me home. But I was ready to get out of there anyway. At, yeah, I was unhappy okay, and, but and not re- having a good time. Regardless of that, but, you know, he's looking at roughly 14 outs on you. Right. He's got 14 outs on you. Four sevens, four queens, three jacks, three nines. Right. So he's got 14 outs on you. He's probably figuring at that point, like I said, you're only going to get called with someone who... That was sitting seven nine nine jack like he was. I'm assuming it was a rainbow flop. Yeah. Okay. Um, so or someone who had a set, a pocket pair of tens, or an over pair on you. So at that point, that's you know I personally I don't I think I would have called, hoped that the other opponent folded, and hoped that I just improved cheaply because well, you've got an overcard on you there. Oh, you know, like you said, this particular case, you had somebody with with the perfect two in the sense that he's open-ended on you with a jack nine, not to mention the two overcards to your pair of eights. So. Well, is there any uh, justification for saying uh, that you didn't really like anybody at the table and you weren't having a good time and you wanted to get the hell out of there? <laughs> well, that's a different story altogether. <laughs> that's a different story. Then it wouldn't have mattered what two cards that was, you had. That was my rationalization driving home. Yeah, well, you got to the point where you were frustrated and... And you said either I double up or you know whatever, or, or I go home. Yeah. And I've seen that too many times. Oh, you know, you know, especially in these tournaments. And you said this guy gave you a look like you were crazy. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, he didn't have a problem calling it with a you know not a not a tremendous. Hand no, either, I, I so. mean, no, he didn't have a he didn't have a great. But but again, if he's not putting you on a pair of tens, he does have at minimum eight outs. And if you did have a, a 10, he'd, he'd have 11 outs with that jack. So, you know, 
Yeah. Uh, again, this is what happens in free roll tournaments. You know, I I don't know if this had been a a three four thousand dollar buy in tournament if somebody would have called you with that hand. Yeah. Well, they went into let's get let's get to the LAPC or not LAPC um, the uh, Legends of Poker at the uh, the bike in La, Los Angeles and uh, they went to the it's not the final day tomorrow's going to be the final table and actually you can pick that up on uh, Poker Go who's going to. Uh, live stream the WPT final tables this year, which is pretty interesting since they do have the shows later on in the year. Uh, but to carry them on a live stream uh, on Poker Go is going to be kind of interesting as well. But 24 players headed into the action today out of a 763-entry field, uh, the second largest ever for the uh, Legends of Poker. Uh, they are down to the money. Uh, first place, 653000 and uh, we'll give you an update a little bit later in the show. But heading into the day, there were 24 players left, including Phil Helmuth. Uh, J.C. Tran was the chip leader with just over 3 million chips. Uh, Odie Darden, who led after day two, uh, was pretty high up on the chip list. Uh, who else was alive? Marvin Rettenmeyer, Jason Less, uh, Garrett Greer, uh, David Baker, ODB David Baker, Doc Sands, and Phil Helmuth, who is now the... Uh, Going to take over the raw deal from Tony Dunst uh, on oh. the WPT broadcast, so that's kind of interesting as well. But uh, Tony, of course, doing the, uh, the play-by-play this year, uh, along with uh, with uh, Van Patten, uh, Vince Van Patten, uh, after the retirement of uh, Mike Sexton. So we'll see a new uh, crew this year. And Tony uh, Dunst has always done a great yeah, job he when has he's had to fill job. in for Mike in the past. Yeah, he's uh, he's very good. Uh, they are also using the action clock, which is uh, kind of interesting. Uh, that is a new thing this year. Just to give you uh, some uh, information about that, um, when, the, when the player has action, the 30-second clock is started by the dealer. Uh, they have 30 seconds to make a decision on each street. Uh, if you're facing a bet, the clock starts when the dealer counts out the bet and announces it. Uh, every bet except for all-ins will be counted and announced automatically. If a player requests a count of an all-in, then the action clock will be paused for the count. Uh, each player has four time chips, which they can use. Uh, and the time any, chips anytime. are how long? How much uh, time, time chips are uh, 30 seconds. Okay. Uh, they'll be given a fresh set of time chips each day, uh, but, of course, the action clock doesn't start until they reach the money. Um, for each uh, day four, they'll start with six chips instead of four. Um, you throw out the chip, the dealer will tap the button, add 30 seconds to the clock. When it reaches the final 10 seconds, a subtle bell rings. The player hasn't acted when the clock gets to zero. One of their time chips will automatically be deducted, and they'll be given an extra 30 seconds to act. So, so you don't so automatically they lose only the be, hand. They'll only be folded if, if they have no more time correct, chips. Correct, correct. That's I a like change. That. I That's like a that. change from before. I like that. So that way, if you're still thinking really hard and you're you don't time even runs need to out, worry about you don't it. have to worry about losing a hand automatically. So anyway, they are back in action, and I'd love uh, to see this in all tournaments, Dave. To yeah, be honest with yeah, you. I think it's a great innovation for the game. And uh, the only problem is when you, when you have you know 700 to 3,000 players, you can't have it on that many tables. It's simply not cost effective, I guess. No, but guess what? If you have that on, maybe. Once you, like on those big game, like those big tournaments where you have thousands of players that enter it, maybe when you get down to the final 100 or final 200 players, you know you're looking at 
20 tables, 22 tables that you could probably do this with. Maybe pull and, it off. And speed it up at that point. Because remember, you've got a lot of money also being played at that point. And, you know, if you're coming from three, four, five thousand players down to 200, you know, most stacks are pretty healthy at that point. And, you know, again, we've complained on this show and they've complained on the air about people taking all this time playing yeah, poker. And, and one of the main concerns was, was right before the money bubble. Exactly. You know, people, and listen, we understand that as a player, you know, I understand it. As a manager, I understand it. You've worked very hard. You've maybe gone through many days, at the very least many hours, to try to at least get into the money. You know, and uh, that's understandable. But guess what? Of all the things, the, the bad behavior, the this, that, and the other, the one thing that I think could kill this sport you know, for, for in the future for trying to get sponsorship and trying to go move this thing forward is how boring, you know, it is to watch somebody right. just sit there and think about the time. And, you know, again, these chips will allow you to do that on a particular hand where it may cost you your tournament or cripple you in the tournament. So, you, you know, it'll give you the proper amount of time. I just don't think it takes 15 minutes for, for, for a decision, five or ten minutes even, for a decision to be made. You should be able to run the scenarios through your head and, you know, think about what, you know, why your opponent did what, what he or she did. And you should be able to react on that. Yeah. Uh, like, like we said, they've been Hollywooding because they know the cameras are on. It's just, it's time that, you know, the poker industry works together to try to eliminate this. Yeah. Uh, from a dealer's standpoint, uh, is it a lot of extra work? I mean, is it that difficult to to adjust to it? What? I mean, you haven't, you haven't worked it if I haven't worked it yet, but guess what? I can't believe it's much harder than pressing the buttons when you are got an automatic shuffler or you're swiping a card for one of your players in a cash game in one of the casinos to try to rate them. You understand? Right. If it, whatever, whatever it takes, Dave, at worst-case scenario... It's a little bit of practice and getting used to it. Right. And yeah, once, you, once you get used to it, it's like anything else that you have to do. Yeah. You know, we, we shuffled cards for, you know, for, forever and ever and ever. And all of a sudden, the automatic shuffler came in for cash games. You know, it's, it's like you said. Were you upset at, when it did? What, a cat with a shuffler? Yeah. Never, never. As, well, by the time it came in, I was the manager. You were a manager, so, so you would like it. So it was great for me. Like Actually, it, yeah. I asked the questions of... You know, with the, was it going to be cost effective? You know, apart to what we're paying for it, how many more extra hands are we actually getting out of it? Uh, how often does it go down? And especially in the beginning part, I honestly don't know if it was if it was worth that much much more to the house than the actual just shuffling it yeah. out there. In the long run, it is it is a lot better for for the house, but you know, you have to get maintenance even to this day. You know, when I've been back almost a year now at Dania, you know, th these things go down way too frequently. Yeah. And the particular machines we're using now are putting dents in the cards that I didn't used to see before. So I don't know if other rooms are the same, who they're using for their shuffle masters or their shuffle machines. So, um, you know. I guess you can you can have a long list of pros and cons and, uh, on it, and you have to decide. It, it's got to be well enough to where they believe it's worth the effort. Again, I've been out of it as a manager, so I don't know what they're charging the, the rooms now 
for for the rental because you don't buy these you're oh, renting them okay. you're renting them okay uh i didn't uh well we'll get to it a little bit later but there's also something that uh, you discovered uh, more recently that uh can affect uh, the card games what these machines can do that we didn't really realize yeah i mean you know i mean they, let's save that but uh, okay i'll save that for when you're ready for but it but we'll get back to that when it we talk shocked about the hell out of me when i found out about it and as it turns out a couple of new dealers that have come in in the time frame that I've been here, you know, coming back as a dealer at Dania, a few of them didn't know this themselves. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it, and again, it, it just, it just made, you know, like, like they used to say, things that make you go, hmm, <laughs> that's okay, what that's I think a, about it. That's a little tease for later in the show, but let's get back to uh, Legends of Poker. Down to 13 players here uh, on the penultimate day. They will play uh, down to a final table and then tomorrow finish things off with the TV uh Live feed and the uh, taping for the broadcast, but they're down to 13 players. J.C. Trance, still the chip leader, 3.965 million. Uh, Odie Darden is second, 2.89 million. Alex Greenblatt in third, 2.4 million. Uh, David O.D. Baker is currently sixth on the chip list with 1.7 million. Doc Sands, 1.475. Marvin Rettenmeyer, 1.2. And Phil Helmuth, 1.1. Short stack is Jared Greiner with 810,000. Anyway, we'll keep an eye on that as we move along and update that on the program as we move down toward the final table there. But let's take this first break on the show, uh, and we will come back and talk a little bit about whether people, players want dealers at all. Do you want some kind of electronic game that deals the cards, uh, or do you like the feeling of holding your cards and uh, and uh, using a real person, tipping uh, part of the deal? Yeah, I think so. But we'll talk about all of that when we return. You're listening to Poker Action Line. As we uh, move along here, you can always listen to the show on SoundCloud or on uh, you know all the different uh, aspects we always talk about. Poker Fuse podcast page is carrying us once again. Also, uh, go to our website, PokerActionLine.com, or go to iTunes. Uh, but SoundCloud, I think, is maybe one of the best options now to get the show. And uh, also, you can go to Hold'em Radio Network as they carry, continue to carry our show with a pretty good, uh, nice uh, time, prime time spot. And uh, we certainly are appreciated, appreciative of that. So uh, we'll be back in just a moment, but we hope you'll stick around for more of the show. Poker Action Line from South Florida. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. 
The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean. You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. WFO Radio NHRA Nitro is all about the NHRA Full Throttle Drag Racing Series. Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the first edition of NHRA Nitro. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events, NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com. Back on the show, Big Dave and Joe on Poker Action Line. Uh, a couple things I want to mention before we get into this discussion. Uh, the uh, World Poker Tour is uh, moving along with uh, uh, new episodes this week. The Monster Tournament of Champions, which of course was uh, back in, uh, I guess it was in April down here in South Florida. So uh, they are to that part of the season. They just finished up the Bay 101 event uh, showing that uh, on TV. Uh, watched a good bit of that the other night. Uh, Sam Panzeca winning that one. And the Monster Tournament Champions uh, got a chance to see some of that live here. And that's uh, one of the first places they use this uh, action clock. So it will be pretty interesting to uh, see that. Um, I really hope going forward that a lot of places and that someone makes it cost effective to be able to do this on the tables. I, I, is it is it in, in integrated with Basically, the Basically, it's, like it's like an iPad. It sits right into the table, right in front of the dealer with the numbers facing this way to around the players can see it. And uh, they have to, on each turn when they announce the bet, they hit the button and boom, 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 that's it. Well, like you said, it, it, it won't be able to work for having every table when you're talking about thousands and thousands of players right. like the main event and a lot of other tournaments that have this many. But I think... Kind of made just so I think sits right into the chip rack that normally uh, yeah, they, they're bringing you know, and putting but, the chips But in. if they can make this cost effective going down the line, you know, going down the road for this... I can't see how how poker rooms just won't take this up. I mean, it it's like I said, it's it's something that has been long overdue, in my opinion, right. in 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 the tournament game. So, you know, I, I'm hoping that whoever's ever come up with this idea, whatever company it is that came up with this idea, and has you know produced the the products that allow you to to, to do this, uh, make it cost effective for poker rooms. I mean. It just it's just you know reason that you do this the right way with all the tournaments that are out there all around the country they're still going to make a ton of money and especially right. especially if they lease them out like they do with the with the shuffle machines that I was talking about earlier yeah exactly uh you like that but one thing you don't like is eliminating dealers altogether and that's the latest article that uh, Nick Sorto put out this week in the Miami Herald uh there's a company in Vancouver uh and the way he talks about it sounds like it was to him was brand new, but of course they had these machines at the Seminole Hard Rock back when their poker room was inside the uh, the regular part of the casino. 
And to be honest with you, I think I even mentioned that to you. We've been doing the show a long time. I think I mentioned, I said, you know, I, I think this is going to be the future of poker as much as I didn't want it to be because I was a manager. And if you're a manager of a poker room, you know, uh, you're, you don't have employees. Uh, <laughs> you're not managing a whole lot, you know. And, um, again, maybe having one or two of these tables, but, you know, th- there's a lot of pros and cons that Nick, you know, addresses in his article and um you know I, you read the article correctly right. yeah uh-huh. you know and he obviously one is he mentions he puts it in the headline is is and you don't need to tip you know <laughs> which i love nick to death he writes a tremendous article for many years but uh being that i'm a dealer now and being that i always stuck up stuck up for my dealers you know Dealers, you know, dealers are essential to a poker room. I mean, you know, it's great when you're at home sitting in, you know, (laughs) in your living room, your bedroom, your computer room, and you're playing online poker. Because in essence, this is what it's going to become. Yeah. Players have to get accustomed to, as you said, not touching the cards, um, you know, fidgeting with a board in front of them, worrying whether they're, you know, the people next to them can see what's going on hitting the wrong button and not being able to correct that. Because I don't know if you've ever played on one of these machines before. Well, I played at the ones in the Hard Rock. I okay, did you did play on yes. those, and I'm assuming they were similar to the ones that I... The only time I've ever played on them has been on cruises. Because they have poker and cruises, and it's right. all electronic tables. So the very first time, I was trying to make a small raise, and as it turns out, I wound up going all in, and then going, oh, no, that's not what I wanted to do. So obviously I gave away you know, the strength of my hand, got called by somebody, and as life would have it, I got lucky and won the hand. But, you know, there was no way that I was looking to push all my chips in. You're going to have to go through that, you know, through that, you know, process of growing up and learning all of that. You know, one of the things that I was thinking about is if you go to a whole poker room like that, Dave, okay, you want to run tournaments? Okay, yeah, it seems like it'd be a lot easier, right? What happens when two or three of those tables go down? Yeah. As 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 will happen sooner or later. Okay? And you can't get them up. What do you do with those players? What do you do with the other players that are continuing to play? You have to stop the whole tournament? Yeah, and that, find that, out how many chips were on that, uh, that player's staff. Exactly. Stack. You know, you, God forbid something goes wrong. You know, it's a matter of, of, of moments to minutes to getting a fix with a live dealer on the table. I don't think... Poker in a casino will ever have will ever be able to go to the point of where you don't have any dealers. And I'll tell you what, if it goes to that point and you don't have dealers that are making a decent enough living, you're not going to have any dealers. And without any dealers right now, you have no pokers in the casinos. Yeah. Think about look at look at look look at all those dealers that were needed to deal in the WSOP for seven seven weeks, eight weeks, whatever the time frame was over there. Well, as far as the tipping goes, uh, Nick says uh, that that dollar or more in each win stays in my chip stack instead of bleeding into the dealer's box. Well, first of all, that kind of outs him as a dollar duker. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it second does. of all, if that's the case, uh, you know, how many hands does that really cost you all that much money, especially for a player who is kind of a, a recreational player like he is? Does it really bother you that much as opposed to uh, uh, guys pro- who play for a living? Listen, if you're a professional player... In the long run, you know, I, I'm very grateful uh, because you know some of some of, one of the one of the great players that plays at our room, you know, whether he wins a huge pot or in a very very small pot, where 
85% of the people on our ta- on the table wouldn't even give you a, a dollar or, you know, or even a thank you. He's giving you $2. But whether he wins a pot that's $9,000, he's giving you 2 If he wins a pot that's fifteen, twenty thousand, you might get $5 out of him. But you're always getting $2 out of him. Yeah. And you know what? Dealers don't have an issue with that at all. Because I know you're going to give me $2 whether it's a... $25 pot that you just won or or, or an $8,000 pot that you just won. I'm going to get $2. And guess what? If, if I can average 21, 22 hands an hour because it takes a little longer on these tables, I'm, I'm making 40 to 44 bucks uh, an hour in tips yeah. that, if he was to win every hand. So, you know, you, you, that's, a great, that's a great salary. You've got people who will not tip you even a dollar if they win a pot that's $1,000 because they're professional players. Right. And then when they do win a five, $6,000 pot, they're throwing you a $5 chip and telling you to chop it up, and then they give you $1 out of that. Yeah. That kind of pisses off the dealers <laughs> a little bit. But you know what? You can understand it because if they happen to win X amount of hands over the course of the year and this is all they do for their living, yeah, it's, a, it's an expense. It's an expense. Well, it's, uh, Yes. The name of this company is Jackpot Digital, and obviously the benefit that they're trying to uh, offer the card rooms is faster gameplay. You don't have the counting of the chips. Uh, the dealer doesn't have to shuffle the cards. And, uh, you know, as you mentioned, they play a lot more hands, but they're not giving the players a break on the rake. If they're not, yeah, like, I see, like see, that's the thing on the, on, the, on the computer. You're playing online poker, you know, max rake is usually $3. You're getting max rake for $5 over here. And, again, if they're going that much quicker, the house is obviously going to love it. Yeah. Because, for one, they don't have to pay a salary. They don't have to pay insurance. They don't have to, they don't have to do a lot of things that they have to do for the live person, you know, for, to having a, a live dealer there as opposed to, you know, some, something electronic. This company, Jackpot Digital, has a contract with Carnival Cruise Lines. Uh, says they so those are the machines on, I've been playing on. Yeah, so they've been planning on installing machines in other U.S. poker rooms. Uh, so far, no one has uh, signed a deal here in South Florida, so good thing for you on that regard. Uh, the thing I don't like about it is, uh, you know, they're always worried about, uh, oh, there's a lot of downtime in poker, you know, so uh, you got players on their uh, iPads and listening to music and, on the you know, trying to sneak in phone calls or read a book or something. Part of the game, really. I mean, we saw this it's other game. It's been part of the game for over 10 years now. We saw this other game this year where you played two hands at one time with two different dealers, the multi-action game. That, Trying that, to work. It's been a, uh, an absolute disaster, by the way. Yes. Yeah, uh, so, you know, it was, has it disappeared was, pretty much completely. It was a nice concept, but again, it didn't when, work. when people are playing, listen, and it's funny because, you know, we've talked about how Jason Mercier and a lot of the other top pros enter two tournaments at the same time. You know, this was more of a cash game. They were trying to see if they could take advantage of, you know, the, the, the young players' love of multi-tabling cash games. Right. You know, and being that I never got to see it or sit down and play in it, I don't know, you know, the nuances as to why it didn't take off. But, you know, people don't realize being in a casino is a lot different than being in your home and playing poker. There's, there's, there's just the naturalness of being with other players around you. Some people get very nervous. Some other people get very aggressive. 
you know, it's 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 a different mindset. You know, uh, the game changes because at home, if you make a stupid play, nobody knows who uh, you know Charlie Forty Four is. You know, yeah. as opposed to oh, that's you, Charlie, playing on the on. You know, what, what that? What kind of a move was that? You know, you understand? You you you. No one knows you at home when you're on the computer, and in the casino they know you. It's a different, it's a different style of game. Now you're coming at this obviously as a, a current poker dealer, a former uh, manager. poker manager. And I don't want to see my people lose a livelihood. I don't. Well, I don't want to see that. The question is: Is the average player who plays cash games on a regular basis are they going to be for this or not? <sighs> That's a very good question. Um, I'll tell you what. Dave, because of the, my personality, you know, the way I ran my room, what I asked of my people in my room, from the dealers to my supervisors to my brushes to, to even the people, the wait staff that was in there, even though they were somebody else's department, you know, once they stepped into my poker room, you know, I had the respect of their supervisor telling me, you, you know, they're yours while they're in there serving those people. And I'll tell you what, take, take, all the dealers and supervisors and all of that away because of the electronics, what's the difference between going to Dania, going to the Hard Rock, going to Mardi Gras, Gulfstream, uh, you know, Miccosukee Indians, uh, Hialeah? There won't be. There won't be because you don't have to deal with a dealer. You don't have to deal with a staff, per se. All you have to deal with is someone who says, oh, yeah, there's a seat open on table seven. Go ahead and sit down. You understand? A lot of what... Entices people to play in rooms are the staff and how they get treated there. And, you know, that personal touch obviously is going to be lost. And I don't know, yeah. I don't know how that's going to go over, to yeah, be honest and, and with you. And poker players don't like change anyway, for the most part. No. Uh, the thing I really don't like about this that comes out of this article that is he says uh, that the tables can be programmed to offer other electronic table games or horse or sports wagering to poker players who have folded that particular hand. Now, come on, give me a break. We want, do we actually want people doing that when, when they fold a hand? It's going to play uh, uh, some roulette on the, in front of themselves there? Uh, Dave, <laughs> let me tell you something. This, this, this still dry, I mean, that says drives me crazy. It just gets me to scratch my head. I have been dealing on that high-limit high game that I keep talking about here on the show, and I have seen... Not so much the regulars, but other players that come in, you know, maybe once or twice a month to play in this game. And they're actually playing poker on their phone while playing for thousands of dollars in front of them. And when they're not doing that, some of the regular players I've seen are playing chess while they're they're involved (laughs) in a game where the pots could be, you know, we've had pots. Most pots are between five and ten thousand dollars on an average basis. And I would say twenty twenty percent of the time the pots go anywhere from fifteen to thirty thousand dollars and and on you know rare occasions above that but you know so it doesn't stop them they're they're going to be doing this. We have bet runners in the room, so for years that was one of my biggest things when I went from the Seminoles classic okay no there was no paramutual betting in there, and then all of a sudden I went to Miami High Lie. And people were allowed to bet and allowed to not only bet, Dave, if you remember correctly, the law is written in the state of Florida that you can actually bet horses, dogs, high lie, any paramutual sport, and you can use the chips that are in front of you. Oh, wow. 
You know, you're allowed to do that. You know, you can't take chips off the table in in a poker room, you know, like you couldn't do that. And I was like, wait a minute, you can't. Yes, the law allows them to gamble from the stack that's in there. The money that they've won from you and me, they're allowed to give it away to the paramutual facility (laughs) on betting on horses, and we don't get a chance to get that money back. They don't have to replace that. Pretty crazy. The the CEO of this company said he... uh, he was not predicting that uh, existing live poker games will be replaced by electronics, but he says that fully automatic, automated poker tables could easily be part of the mix, saying that uh, it's, it fits in, uh, in terms of game and operation. You get the benefits from a player's perspective, perspective and an operator's perspective, so we think that's a good marriage. Disagree. They're, they're, Thumb, they're, I give it the thumbs down. They're, they're, they're obviously going to say something like that. Yeah. Uh, Trying no, to sell I their just, product. I just don't see it. I, like we've mentioned early in the, in, the, in, the, in the show, someone's already tried to do that, Yeah. and it did not take away. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, the approach of this article is basically not even uh, acknowledging that they've tried it, tried it, and had it not and, work. And you mentioned that carnival, right? Well, yeah. listen, I've cruised... On probably, you know, in the last 10 years, I've cruised at least six or seven times with Carnival, okay? They have one poker table, seats, nine or ten players. Yeah, you get action on it, and that's about it, you know, the, the, and it not all night long and all of that. So, that, you know, for them, they don't want to put a dealer towards this, but, you know, that's it, you know, because you have... You're a captive audience there. You don't have any other choice but to go there right. and play that. And they don't get enough people to play it. Like I said, there's only one table. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, uh, well, let's head for another break here. But uh, did want to tell you that the next big tournament in South Florida starts up uh, this weekend, uh, Friday, uh, over in Immokalee, which is about 90 miles from here. It's over off uh, Alligator Alley in uh, the city of Immokalee, which is pretty much the west coast of Florida. Not quite that far over, but... Uh, closer to the West Coast than to the East Coast of Florida. Uh, they start off with uh, an event on Friday. Uh, event number one has uh, three opening sessions on uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, they'll move along. There will be a main event uh, beginning on uh, the 8th of September. September 8th and 9th will be day 1A and 1B of the main event. $1,100 buy-in, and they will finish up then with the uh, final table uh later in the weekend. So uh, that's all coming up. Uh, World Poker Tour Deep Stacks, which is a combination that uh, got together maybe about two years ago, and that is at the Seminole Casino in Immokalee. And uh, we invite people to head on over for that. Later in the month, of course, the Seminole Hard Rock will host the World Series of Poker Circuit event later in the month, beginning on September 21st. And uh, we'll check that out later in the month and stop by there. Uh, let's take a break on the show. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about a couple other things, uh, maybe look at a hand or two, uh, and we'll finish things up here on the show. Uh, a couple more se- segments, but uh, we hope you'll stick around. We'll be back after these messages here on Poker Action Line. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. I'm Sarah, and this is my story. I'm Ellen, and this is my story. One night, I was at a bar. One night, I was at a bar. 
I was having fun with my friends. I was having fun with my friends. I had one too many drinks. I had one too many drinks. I got behind the wheel to go home. I got a cab to go home. All of a sudden, from out of nowhere, a squirrel ran across the road. And all of a sudden, from out of nowhere, a squirrel ran across the road. It happened so quickly, I barely had time to react. It happened so quickly, the cabbie barely had time to react. I swerved. The cab swerved. I can't believe it. I hit a guy. I cannot believe it. The cabbie just missed a guy. I wish I took a cab. Thank goodness I took a cab. You have the choice to save a life. Don't drive buzzed. It's a decision you'll never regret. Buzzed driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the Department of Transportation and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the show. Big Dave and Joe here on Poker Action Line. And uh, I want to take a look at a hand uh, that uh, uh, was from an article I read a couple of years ago. And uh, it was by Jonathan Little. And at that time, he was uh, he had been on our show, I think, by, th- by that time. But, of course, has turned into one of the great instructors. He really is. In the game of poker. And it was uh, called Give Your Opponents a Chance to Error. To Err. E-R-R. Um, it's a, a hand from the 2015 World Series of Poker, and he talks about being car dead and, and really kind of not playing very many hands. I think he had played only two pots that went to the flop in three hours, which wow. I I could never do. <laughs> <laughs> I used to know some player down here. He was also a, gr- a great player and a, and a great dealer uh, who used to play poker like that in private games. I couldn't understand it. He'd be there six hours, Dave, and maybe see... Five, six, seven rivers mm. in, in all that time. Yeah. One an hour, if that. Which is probably, you know, pretty good uh, strategy. Somewhere. At that time it was because he, he rarely ever lost. And I was in shock because he would win a decent amount of money. Nowadays, you can't make much money playing poker that way because most players are smart enough to know that when you are in a hand, you're sitting with a monster. <laughs> yeah. Well, his his uh, point is that uh, he had played so few hands. Uh, he said occasionally you want to you want to attempt a, a well timed bluff, you know, because you've kind of set up that uh, that image, that table that image. That image, yeah. And uh, he said they realize they, you've been tight, and then they'll give you a little more respect in the they'll other. They'll give you a lot more than just a little bit. <laughs> uh, so the hand uh, he raised to four hundred. Well, the the, the blinds were at seventy five and one fifty. He raised to four hundred from middle position. He had jack ten offsuit, and he said normally it's a hand he would have folded, but he th- he thought you know since he had been playing so tight, he, he would get a little bit out of line. The button called. Everyone else folded. And the flop came, queen, nine, eight. So I uh, flopped the straight. Right. Uh, and he said uh, that he could have slow played his hand, and he thought it was better to uh, make a bet. He said if you check, looking to check raise, if your opponent does bet, your opponent will frequently fold, and you'll only get the one bet out of it. So he said if you check call, hoping your opponent continues betting on the turn, you'll often be disappointed when the turn checks through. And right. then you lose out another opportunity there because many opponents will realize you have must have a reasonable hand if you check called the flop. Uh, in general, checking leads to small pots and betting leads to large pots is his uh, outlook there. Okay. <laughs> I agree. You've got to bet to get money in the center of the pot. 
He said, when you have the nuts, you want to play the large pots, exactly. pretty obviously. Uh, so he made a standard continuation bet of 575. His opponent called. The, the turn was a six of diamonds. He said, now, as on the flop, I do not like checking, because if I check raise, my opponent will usually fold. If I check call, there's no guarantee he'll bet the river. So he bet 1,500, and to his surprise, his opponent raised to 3,800. So now he's uh, pretty thrilled with that. So uh, he was confident that the player player had a hand that he thought was strong, most likely 10-7, you know, um, you know, making it set, setting a up another pot, possibly the other straight, straight uh, the ass end of the straight, as they say. Yeah. Uh, pocket queens, maybe pocket nines or eights or uh, queen nine or nine eight, something like that. Uh, since a jack or ten could appear on the river, he said, letting my opponent off. The hook with most of that range, and since I only had twenty seven hundred and twenty five left in in my stack, I went all in. Yeah, and at that point, you expect your opponent to call you. You said his opponent proudly turned over his king queen offsuit. So he was drawing completely <laughs> dead. Exactly, and he said uh, he explains it by saying that his his play that Jonathan's play was his own play was fairly standard, but he thought the opponent played the hand poorly. Uh, he said, I liked his pre-flop and flop calls, but once I bet the turn, I either had a made hand that had king-queen crushed, a draw that had relatively few outs, or a total bluff. I think my opponent should have made should have called my turn bet, he said, keeping me in the pot with my entire range. He was going to lose a sizable pot, but would not have doubled me up. He said, once I went, over, uh, once I went all in over his turn bet, uh, even though he had to call only 2,700 more, I think he should have folded. Yeah, he has to fold that hand. He knows that, that if the, especially the way he just said that he was playing this hand, he hadn't been playing very many hands. If he goes over the, if you've raised his bet and he goes over the top all in, your king queen is already completely dead. Yeah. To an either to either a set, a straight, or an over pair. So, you know, uh, like he said, that that should have been an easy fold for that opponent. Right. He said, uh, in many tournaments, the huge portion of your profit comes from opponents making errors. Uh, If you make very few mistakes, your opponent constantly makes the big blunders, as he did in this annual profit in the long run. But in order to entice your opponent into such errors, you have to be somewhat involved in pots and give the impression that you are willing to gamble. Uh, if they know you have the nuts every time you put a chip in the pot, they'll stay out of your way, making it difficult to uh, gain any chips. So, I uh, said sometimes you got to try it, uh, and I think that's good advice there. The that's good advice in not only tournaments but in but in cash games. You know that you can't just constantly be going in there, you know, with aces, kings, ace king, uh, jacks, you know, uh, ace queen suited. Your opponents will realize every time you turn over, that's all you're turning over. Right. So they're going to put you on that. And and, and, and also you would like to see, uh, you get to show the hand somehow, to show that you're, you're a guy who will exactly. make a game. You know, he wanted to show that hand because the next time he raises, he may have pocket aces. They said, well, this guy raised with 10 jack yeah. after waiting. You know, maybe he's ready to pull that same move. You know, th- this couldn't have worked out any better, obviously, because he was able to double up and show a hand that didn't warrant him raising it in from that position, you know, and just got very lucky that he he caught the the, the, the beautiful flop. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I thought that was a pretty interesting article, and, and, and not just uh, for the hand itself. I mean, obviously, 
you flop the the straight, you're you're in pretty good shape to go <laughs> ahead and put the foot on the gas. But uh, again, you know, I think it's uh, important to try to mix things up a little bit. And what he got lucky there is, and he had to know this is as soon as he got called, that queen. You figure, you know, man, I, I just hit the perfect flop with a 10-jack just about. And, um, you know, I, I flopped the nuts, and more than likely my opponent or opponents got a piece of this, a piece of this flop, which means I'm going to get paid. As soon as he bet that 575 on the, on the flop and it got called, Jonathan knew that his opponent had a pair of queens at least. He had a queen in his hand at very least. Right. And, uh, you know, he had to be smiling. As long as he, the board didn't pair up or a 10 or a jack came, he had to love it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, looking back to the uh, Legends of Poker, uh, only one other player has been uh, eliminated, and that is Ben Wynn. Uh, he gets eliminated by J.C. Tran, and uh, the rich get richer in that tournament as he has <laughs> lengthens his chip lead there. Um, Phil is uh, in rare form uh yelling out it's not fair uh you know a line before <laughs> well not not on that hand but uh he lost two hands in a row uh let me take a quick look at it see if that's uh, interesting here at all it's kind of uh, funny when they write it up they say the WPT raw deal analyst raises <laughs> and they've already uh you know I don't know if they're picking on him or not but uh Jared Griner who was the short stack at one point um calls from the small blind uh, the flop is king seven six, uh, two spades. Griner checks. Helmuth bets eighty thousand. Griner check raises all in for his last seven fifty. Uh, Helmuth folds and Griner takes that pot. So Phil is down under a million chips. The next hand, Phil raises from the cutoff to seventy thousand. DJ Alexander calls from the big blind. Flop is king queen three rainbow. Uh, Alexander checks. Helmuth bets 40,000. Alexander calls. The turn card's the nine of spades. Both players check. The river is the ten of diamonds. Alexander bets 85,000, and that's where Phil says, ah, it's just not fair. <laughs> and Alexander, what do you think Phil had there? He checked when the nine hit? He, yeah, checked after the nine, and then uh, uh, the other player let out when a ten, so obviously the other player probably has a jack somehow. Yeah, and I'm assuming Phil had a ten in his hand, maybe a, a queen ten or something, you know. Because yeah. I think if he had ace king, he would have made a, a continuation bet on the on the turn just to see where his opponent was. Right. J.C. Tran, chip leader, as I mentioned, and we'll follow this along. They're playing down to six, and then they'll be back tomorrow with a live feed. You can pick that up on Poker Goga, by the way. Uh, certainly. Uh, have enjoyed that app and uh, been watching some poker on there. So uh, it's not just the World Series that you see or the Super High Roller. You get to see stuff throughout the year, and uh, they're coming up with some good uh, good stuff to watch. And uh, not to mention all the features and the uh, documentaries. And Matt Savage's show was on there. You can watch some uh, uh, replays of that. Some pretty good stuff on there for sure. Poker Thanks. Go, uh, it's only 10 bucks a month. So I think it's a pretty good buy. Anyway, uh, let's take our last break on the show. We'll come back and finish things up when we return. Might look at another hand. We'll see what uh, maybe a maybe a floor situation. I think there, we a fun thing here. there we anyway, go. There we go. Anyway, Joe's with me and uh, feeling a little better. Uh, yeah, I'm about the same to be honest with you, Dave. I, it, it upsets me because I I feel like you know physically you look at me. It doesn't look like there's anything wrong with me. But I tried to drive yesterday and. 
uh, it's going to take a little while yeah. for me to get behind the wheels. Yeah, so. absolutely. Which makes it tough when you live uh, 60 miles from the show. Or yeah, well, I live about 40, 30, 40. 30, 30, 32 miles from the show and about 40 from work. So. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, we hope you're feeling better as we move along, and uh, we'll come back and finish things out tonight on this program. I hope you stick around for the end. Uh, Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez, we'll be back after this. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. A lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration, and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Final segment of the show, Big Dave and Joe finishing out here uh, on a midweek, uh, beginning of September rolling around. By the way, I did want to wish our, our pr- prayers and, and best wishes to all the people in yes. Texas, uh, now into Louisiana with lots of flooding. Uh, I do have a cousin that lives in Houston. She lives in the Dickinson area, which I know had at least 42 inches of rain. Oh my God. So uh, they were okay a couple of days ago. Uh, whether things got worse right away, I'm really not sure, but... Uh, uh, you know, certainly uh, such a tough area um, to to go well, through. That. They went through it last summer with a lot of flooding. Now this is a lot worse. Well, you remember when Sandy hit up in New York? My middle daughter lived up there, and we went to visit her about a month after that because they were like eight nine days without electricity. Even made it. Even saw my own daughter without knowing it on one of the national news shows as they were talking about it. But the watermarks were. Three and a half, four feet uh-huh. high on the buildings in Hoboken. You know, the, the the train stations didn't work for five, six, seven months. And I imagine how brutal that was up there. And I can only imagine in the suburbs over here, you know, this is just, you know, like you said, our, our prayers are with them. And 
I hope to God they, they get this straight, you know, that they can get back on their feet soon, but this is probably going to be a lengthy recovery process for everybody. Yeah, no question, and you wonder how that affects poker in the area. I don't know how much uh, poker business there is in Texas. There, I'm there's, really not. There's, there's not a there's lot, none, I don't believe. None. Well, I'm not going to say one, none because there's a brand-new room that opened in Houston in a, uh affluent neighborhood. Poker? It called the, the Post Oak Poker Club. It's uh, Texas poker room. So I guess there's a few. I small didn't think ones they there. allowed any gambling in the state of Texas. That's why I'm at. Well, they don't take changed. a rake. They take a. There's a <laughs> membership in the room. Uh, That's why. Okay, I uh, knew that the, the, there's no there's no gambling in the state of Texas. So. But they do have fifty thousand dollars spread on its five five no limit hold'em and five five pot limit Omaha yeah, cash they, game tables. Yeah, they found a way to to supervent the law there somehow with no rake. I'd love to know how the house is doing that. And making money. They were opened uh, on Saturday until 9 p.m. when the flooding became too great. There were four tables running at the time. Uh, center, sent their players home. Uh, but they said by 9.30 when the staff went to leave, the lot was flooded. Sixteen people were stuck at the club. And uh, luckily there's a Hilton next door. So uh, they got to stay in a nice hotel. But um, a lot of people are still stuck there as of, uh, as of uh, Wednesday. So... Uh, or Tuesday or Wednesday, I guess. Uh, the rainfall has uh, departed from Houston, and they were hoping to reopen by uh, tomorrow. So uh, This has been a brutal storm, though. It just doesn't want to stop. It really, I mean, you know, <laughs> looped around, all that rain. This has just been... This, <laughs> I, I want to see what the final numbers are for this as far as in damage and... You know, let's God willing, hopefully nobody else loses their life as as some people have already in that area. Right. Uh, by the way, just a personal thought. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to berate the Red Cross, but I I have seen some videos about the uh, the Haitian earthquake a few years ago, and how they collected millions and millions of dollars, and and 90 percent of it didn't even leave the United States. Uh, you know, obviously they're doing good things and they're they're replacing maybe things that went out. But, um, you know, there's lots of different places. And I, I actually uh, contributed to J.J. Watt's uh, charity called YouCaring.com. And he had raised over $3 million going into yesterday, yeah. so I don't know how much higher when it I, is today. Yeah, when I when I gave, there, it was up to about 700000 so they've they've really done well. And there are other places, so and it's sometimes a good idea to spread that money around because when one organization gets all the contributions, you know, I, I didn't like what I saw about the Haitian relief was that they sent a lot of people down there that stayed in luxury hotels and right in the face of, uh, you know, the people that were living in tents for two and three years and stuff. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm not trying to berate them or run them down, but uh, I guess I am. Yeah, I guess I am. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I know I just, just know there's other alternatives out there, and sometimes it's good to spread that, that relief money around. Well, listen, let's just hope the money to whoever gets it, whatever organization you donate your money to to help these people, that it gets to them and that it's spent properly. Yeah, but I do bring this up because the poker room uh, that closed, there also was another one called the Mint Poker Club uh, that also has a rake-free business model. Uh, that place had to close as well. Uh, but uh, this room uh, that I was talking about, the uh, Post Oak Poker Club, is uh, hoping to put together a $10,000 buy-in charity tournament with J.J. Watt uh, as the spokesperson or possibly James Hardy and try to raise a million dollars for the, the local charity. So uh, check out J.J. Watt's site. I think it's very good. It's called youcaring.com. 
Anyway, uh, are we caught up on our breaks? I think we are. Yes, yeah, we're we just are. about done for the program. Uh, I do want to uh, keep you up to date on what's happening um, at the L.A. Poker Classic. Uh, I keep calling it that, but it's the actually the Legends of Poker. And uh, we will check out some of that on uh, on the feed tomorrow. I'm going to take a look at that myself. So uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, down to 12 players now, and... Uh, they will play down to six tonight and then get back at it tomorrow. So a chance to maybe see a couple of big names. J.C. Tran uh, with a chip lead and Mar- Mad Marvin Rettenmeyer still in. Phil is, Phil is in, uh, kind of slipping down a little bit on the ch- charts and could be gone soon. But uh, well, we'll take a look at that. You know, listen, he's he's got enough where if he doubles up twice, he's he's right there at the lead. So Exactly. Uh, also, uh, we'll be uh, getting into the college football season, so I've uh, got a few couple trips on, uh, on, our, on the near horizon. Maybe not further into the season. We'll find out what happens with that. But uh, local teams getting underway, and i got a game uh, this Friday night, FAU, Navy at FAU. Oh, okay. And is, it, is it here at FAU? It's here in Boca. So, uh, so uh, that won't be too far from home No, for no, you. it's only about 10 miles to the stadium for me. <laughs> and then i got the Hurricanes opener uh the following week, uh, on their road opener is not the, this week. They're playing Bethune Cookman, but next week they got they're traveling to Arkansas State. So I got a little flight into uh, Jonesboro, Arkansas. I actually, fly into Memphis and drive over there. So uh, looking forward to fun uh, for football. Maybe check out a few poker rooms when I'm out on the road, and uh, hopefully a good season uh, ahead of everybody this year in the college game. So that's going to do it, Joe. Thank you again uh, as usual. Geo, thank you for all your help. Uh, has uh, as usual, on the uh, controls and getting us on the air. Uh, We appreciate it. We'll be back next week, and uh, we'll look for some guests over the next couple of weeks, too. When the uh, circuit comes into the hard rock, we'll try to get a couple of people here in the studio here. I know Joe's going to miss a week or two, and uh, we'll get him replaced in here and have some good shows for you coming up. So that's going to do it. We'll catch you next week on another edition of the show. Thanks for being with us, and we'll see everybody next week on another edition of Poker Action Line. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.